the teacher's cup of coffee. Thank you so much for joining me here today. We've got a really cool one today. You know, this is a really simple topic, but I've been blown away by this one video. I saw the video on edutopia.org, edutopia.org. And the video is all about the power of drawing when it comes to teaching and learning. They call it, quote, drawing is a, quote, a powerful way to learn. Okay, so I know you're thinking, drawing, really? We normally have some big topics on the teacher's cup of coffee, and today we're talking about drawing, and the answer is yes. Drawing, it's better than note-taking. It's better than seeing images. It's even better than listening to lectures. When students are drawing the concepts that they are learning from us, when they're drawing these concepts, they are deeply learning these concepts. So this Edutopia video was based on a study that was done on learning, and students who drew like, like literally remembered almost twice as much who, as students who wrote. So students who were drawing what they learned rather than writing what they learned remembered almost twice as much of the concepts. And you know, this is not at all about being a good artist, okay? This is it has nothing to do with that. You can be the world's worst artist. Doesn't mean you can't learn through drawing. Doesn't mean you won't learn through drawing. It's also not just for so-called visual learners, you know. Maybe you've learned the same thing, but over the last couple of months, I've been reading a lot more and I've been seeing all these things like, we're not just one type of learner. When we say we're one type of learner, that's actually not true. We all learn in all the different ways. We might have ways we like, but that doesn't mean we learn better in those ways. So this is not just for visual learners. The reason drawing is so effective is because it taps into three different parts of the brain all at the same time. It taps into the kinesthetic, the visual and the linguistic areas of the brain, the kinesthetic, visual, and linguistic areas of the brain all at one time. So because three parts of our brain are processing what we're doing when we're drawing, our brain's really starting to fire. That means a lot of the brain is active. And when a lot of the brain is firing and a lot of the brain is active, we are creating far more connections. And we all know those connections of neurons is what leads to deep, lasting learning. So drawing gets three parts of the brain firing and our brain is firing in many different directions and the neurons are strengthened and created and all these pathways exist. Thank you, drawing. So if drawing is something we should be doing more with students, how do we do it, right? It doesn't just mean walk in tomorrow and say, hey, draw what we've been learning, right? We gotta have some strategies. So here's a couple easy strategies. First, you're teaching a new concept. You teach the concept. Instead of saying, okay, talk to your partner about the concept, or okay, talk to your group about the concept, or okay, write a paragraph about the concept. You know, all these things we often do as instructors. Instead of that, teach the concept and then say, now I want you to draw a, a representation of the concept that we just went through. So different than our normal talk to your partner, talk to your group, write something down, right? Now I want you to draw a visual representation of the concept we just learned. Now, of course, they can annotate the drawing, right? So there are words on there, but the drawing has to be a visual representation of the learning. Now, you could also use interactive notebooks. So 
The first example there was sort of just a one-off, right? It's sort of just along the way. But if you want to make this very consistent, use interactive notebooks or sketch notes. Uh, what I've been doing in my classes lately is I got individual whiteboards. And after going through big concepts ever since seeing this video, and by the way, I showed this video to students. And by the way, this video is only two minutes long. So it's not hard to show it to students so they understand the reason you're doing the drawing. And also, just so you know, a link to the video are in the podcast episode notes. So you'll see a link right to the video, which is on Twitter in those notes from edutopia.org. Anyways, I've been handing out individual whiteboards and saying, okay, we just went over this concept. I want you to draw a representation of this concept. The first time I did it, my students looked at me like I was crazy. But now they're getting used to it and, and I'm really seeing some really interesting drawings of the concepts we're going over. The first time I did it, another thing that was funny is I drew along with them. I used a personal whiteboard and I drew a picture or an image of the concept that I had actually just taught. So as I was drawing it, I looked at them out there sort of seeming like they were struggling and I thought, oh, I'm going to definitely have a good representation of this. I also realized I wanted them to see each other's drawings. So when I was done, I collected all the individual whiteboards and put them in the front of the class. And then I had students do a gallery walk looking at the individual whiteboards. I gave them each a sticky note and had them put their sticky note next to the image that they thought best summarized the concept. So now not only have they drawn their own representation of the concept we were going over, but now they get to see everybody else's drawing and then they have to pick which one worked the best for them. I thought for sure mine would win. I didn't even get a single vote, which was actually awesome. Um, but again, students drew, students looked at other drawings, and students had deeper learning because of the process. Another thing you can do is to have students draw graphs, draw representations of data, draw maps, draw timelines, anything that might not be the complete concept of your learning, but something smaller in your learning that they can draw a representation of, especially through graphs, data charts, maps, timelines, anything like that. That also gets all diff three different parts of the brain firing. And then here's a really cool one, and I'm going to go over this in two ways, but the video recommends once in a while skip your regular test, skip our regular test, and have students demonstrate what they know through drawings. So instead of giving them 15 multiple choice questions trying to see if they understand this overall big concept, give them a piece, big piece of paper and say, I want you to draw a representation of everything you know about this concept and then see what you get back. It's going to be really astounding. I guarantee it. You're going to see some really interesting learning come back from the students. And then on another video I recently watched on differentiated instruction with Larry Ferlazzo, he had a good idea which I think relates here too, which is what he said he likes to do is he gives his regular tests to all of his students but then he also gives them a blank piece of paper. And on that blank piece of paper, he says, I want you to draw and or write, but a lot of them will draw anything else you want to tell me about what you learned about this concept. So you've answered my questions on the concept, but now you have a blank piece of paper where you can draw and annotate representations of this concept. He said he often collects the tests and the drawings papers back and the drawing paper tells him more about the learning than the test does. Just thought that was so cool because you know what? A kid might give you nothing on the blank paper and it might not impact their grade either way. But a kid might give you so much on that blank paper that you might decide, 
you know, you got an 82 on my multiple choice test, but based on your drawing here, you clearly understand this concept on a higher level so you can bump up their score. So very cool ways to easily incorporate drawing into our teaching and our learning and our assessment. Remember, if you do this, let me, excuse me, let me say, when you do this, being an artist doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the kid can draw, you need to stress that to them. That's why the video and the show notes can help. And drawing makes multiple parts of our brain work all at the same time. That's why it's so effective. Let your kids draw. In fact, make your kids draw. I'm telling you, the first time I did it with my students, they looked at me like I was crazy. Now they're getting used to it, and I'm seeing some much deeper learning because of it. They will struggle at first, just like they do with anything new. There's nothing valuable we can give students that they don't struggle with at first. That's the whole point of learning. So this will be just like that. It's not like it's going to be preschool and they're going to go, yay, we get to color. They're going to look at us like, what? You want me to draw photosynthesis? And the answer is yes. Or you want me to draw a representation of Romeo and Juliet? And the answer is yes. I want you to draw. Let them struggle. Let them fight through it. Because if we incorporate drawing into our teaching and our learning and our assessing, teaching, learning, and assessing, get drawing in there. Our students will experience deeper learning long-term, no doubt about it, deeper learning long-term. Thank you, Edutopia, for this great video. It changed what I'm doing in my classroom and it is helping a ton. Thank you, listeners, for being a part of this Teacher Cup of Coffee community. We love you. We hope you have a great next couple of weeks. And thank you for joining us here on the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Oh, wake up, everybody.